0: Welcome to The Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Well, welcome back to The Lighthouse Experiment. We're super stoked to have Jim Parkin, myself, Ashley Chandler, and guest Betsy Selvig.
1: you.
2: I'm excited to be here.
1: So so this episode we're going to talk about um, the perspective of the spouse for deployed servicemen and women and it is a family business. A lot of people don't look at it that way but deployment is a family thing.
0: So thank you so much for being with us tonight. I'm really stoked to be able to talk with you and have this conversation and stuff but um, the neat thing is uh, when a lot of folks think of veterans they think of Folks coming back from Vietnam or World War Two and stuff, but people's yeah, yeah, grandparents and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And when really the statistics, the numbers are that young adults right. are a huge demographic of our veteran population. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's why one of the reasons why I think it's just really great to have this episode and be able to talk about this stuff um, right. because you are a young family, you are a young mom. Um, and so your experience and where you and Blake have come from is a lot more of that normal um, narrative of our veterans in the United States. Right. Right. And so this is going to be really, really helpful well, it's a, to it's a lot. Well,
1: it is a of... giant misconception. Yeah. You know that the so-called millennial generation is, in fact, defined by this. Now we're looking at 18-year war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right
0: mm-hmm. So give us, uh, Betsy, tell us a little bit about you and Blake and your family. How long you guys have been together and Blake specific branch mm-hmm. and yeah.
2: So Blake and I uh, met in high school um, in our church, and then he joined the Marine Corps. I believe he actually enrolled enrolled is that the right word <laughs> when he was seventeen, um, and his parents had to sign for him. I think
0: wow.
2: Um, he was ready to go, <laughs> and then uh, we got married two years later. I was nineteen, he was twenty, and um, he had already done. One deployment before we got married um, that was on ship to the Philippines and Japan. um, And we went to one more place. I can't remember. But, and then we got married, and that is when I moved to California, where he was stationed at Camp Pendleton and was there for the rest of his time. And so I think it was about two years somewhere around there
0: that's awesome so how many years have you guys been this year how this many years year is we it?
2: celebrated our 10-year anniversary that's awesome um so that was exciting yeah congratulations
0: <laughs> also your super
2: mom also slightly maybe <laughs> you guys have three so, boys yeah so a girl four kids now and one on the way um so yeah we're a busy little household <laughs> I love it yeah wow love it
1: so so, family housing. How was that? Did you have kids in family so housing? So, that
2: was one thing that um, Blake was kind of very protective about. We never lived um, on base. Okay. He was very much um, just, I don't want us to be around that daily. Um, so, we lived off base the whole time. And we had a little 500 square foot apartment, I think, one bedroom. And um, we lived off base. We never... I, I rarely shopped at the commissary. I rarely went on base unless I had to do something for my ID or things like that, right. you know. Um, it was just something he was always very Particular. serious about. Particular about, yeah, like, he didn't really... He just knew what went on often. Lots yeah, of right. lots of other single men with <laughs> different, different ideas of what they wanted in life. So he was very protective of that and just... Even there, when there would be like events that would happen on base, you know, um, they always had the what's it called, uh, GI Jane Day or something like that, where the wives could go and wear the uniform and get in the trucks and do all of the things. And he was like, "I don't want you going." And not that it was, I don't think it was bad. Now that I look back on it, I might have been thinking, "Man, I missed out on that." Right. But really, it was more of just this way that he he really separated our marriage and home life from his work and I think it was kind of a safety thing that he just
1: wanted that's super smart yeah (laughs) well I was single the whole time Mm -hmm. I was in the military but I knew lots of cases where you know where the guys in in family housing they would be on you know on training or something like Mm -hmm. that and their wives would come around you know and other guys around Mm -hmm. like come around the barracks
2: Yeah. And other
1: dudes who didn't have, you know, I don't know what their life goals were, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't anything good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was a constant issue.
2: Well, it's almost like a a stereotype of the military that, you know, there's domestic problems and there's affairs. And but really, it's (laughs) a lot of it's true. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of um, I, I don't think a lot of people realize that maybe younger couples when they go in and then, yeah, their spouse deploys and. And then they're there and they're just around that all the time. Um, so I was never really around that all the time because we lived off base. Um, so I kind of had that separation, which was probably healthy <laughs> right. in the long run um, to not see that often. I mean, I had some relationships with other um, wives, but now that I think about it, most of them are sadly divorced or separated. Or um, So it is just kind of odd that that, that ends up happening so often. Yeah.
0: It's a bummer because I have had a couple conversations where, um, I think it's with a couple older veterans that we have in our community mm-hmm. though, that, uh, the wives did feel so, like they did feel like the family side of services and things were supported as far as marriage housing and the things that the wives had to be able to connect with and stuff. And, yeah, so definitely there was the, the,
2: what's FRO, the, um, I can't even think what that stands for now. Family resource officer, I think. That was always very beneficial, you know, just that point of contact when it was when it came to deployment and things like that. But um when it just comes to that environment of living on base and what that looked like, never usually that good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I had forgotten about
2: that. Lots of partying, <laughs> lots of like yes. Real. Yes. I mean, even with little kids running around in the street, you know, you'd see families and then it was like next door was Drunken yeah. guys, you know, so it's like just it wasn't a healthy place often. Yeah, <laughs> so, and we obviously didn't have any kids when he was in. That was another thing that we kind of were very much agreed upon that we did not want to kind of do
0: one thing at a time. Yeah, we did so not want to raise children know, during that. Did he know right away that he did not want to? Um, that you only wanted to serve a couple times. Tar- he like,
2: actually um, applied for reenlistment, but he applied for a very specific. Um, he said he would only reenlist if they gave him um, fire crush and rescue okay. position. And that's a very specific, very minimal number of men that qualify for that. And he did not get accepted. So it was kind of his answer of being done. <laughs> so he's so, a
0: very decisive person. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't just going to keep going to keep going. And.
0: Um, and Which is was, phenomenal. I mean, some mm-hmm. people go in. This is my career. This right. is what I'm planning on doing, mm-hmm. and I want to retire from right. service yeah. at one point. Yeah, you know, his
2: one really good friend that um, is still in there in Hawaii now, and I think he's going. It would be 12 years now. I think. That, yeah, that would make sense. About 12 years, or maybe even 16, and and it you know he kind of keeps up with him, and it's interesting just to see where he's at now in his career with that. As in staying in for much longer. And I don't think he knew that he was going to stay in that long. But yeah, it is definitely kind of just almost as you go, you kind of discover.
1: 100%. Because mm-hmm. that was my my intent, was to be a lifer, mm-hmm. stay in, do the 20 years, retire, have all that. And I was on that track, and everything was cool until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then it was.
2: And you just know. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. got to go. Mm-hmm. So did you work then? I nannied. (laughs) We were stationed in California, so nannying made very good money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I went to school full-time, so I... Kept you busy. Yeah, I got my degree when we were out there. That's actually one thing that's cool about California is they honor... um, If you are a military spouse, they honor you as an in-state resident, even though you're technically not resident. um, You're just living there, basically. So I got to go to school for free. Um, Wow. So I got... Yeah, I got my associate's degree while I was out there, and then I worked full time, um, as an nanny. So okay. I kept busy, but <laughs> different kind of busy than now.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so what was that like during deployment then, like your day to day and like, how often would you talk? Like, how was that?
2: That was definitely something I went into thinking, oh, we're just going to, we'll chat on the internet, and we'll, I kind of had an idea of what I thought it would be like, and it was the opposite. It was very, very minimal. Um, maybe once, maybe twice a month. Um, he he was stationed in Afghanistan, and he was um, on a sniper team. So they were out often, and yeah. there wasn't as much time back at the camp as um, other guys. So... It was very minimal, which I was not expecting <laughs> and not like video chat and things like that. I was kind of this mindset of, oh, yeah, we'll chat on the Internet and we'll I'll see your face. <laughs> very, very, very short phone calls, you know, that got cut off often because it was a satellite phone. And so... That got hard, you know, because you just kind of are like, this is not fair. Right.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Plus, he's going through the physical and emotional demands of And then when he would
2: call, I would want to, you know, share everything with him when it was kind of like, okay, maybe he doesn't need to hear all that. Or maybe, he, I don't know, maybe he wanted to hear just kind of the boring day-to-day that I was dealing with. But, um, you know, I never really knew kind of what to to communicate about because it was like, do I ask him questions? Do I not ask him questions? Do I... You know, yeah. Do I just share what I've been doing? Um, it was it was always kind of that, like seeing kind of what mood he was in when he would call if he wanted to chat a, a bunch or if it was more just like, how you doing? <laughs> so it took like took some getting life. used to.
0: Yes, definitely. It's still like still, it's still you're, that way. Yeah,
2: still how a marriage is kind of. But just, when you know you might only have a two minute conversation right. Very for an entire month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was different. And there was like all the little systems they had set up where you could. Um, send moto mail I think it was called and it was mail through this internet program but then when he got back he's like oh we never got any of that and, oh no it's just kind of like oh you know I'm like pouring my heart out and all these like, s- like emails and then they he finds out you know they never got to him and mm-hmm. several different you know big packages I'd put together in mail and those were always fun to do but then he'd be like oh we didn't get those either just I mean he It just depended, you know, sometimes they got stuff, sometimes stuff never got to them or it ended up somewhere else. And so it was always interesting how, (laughs) how much effort I put into that side of it, I guess.
0: Yeah. So how did, so how did those completely different experiences that you guys were navigating the best you could Mm -hmm. and then transitioning back when he was done with his deployment?
2: Um, When he came back, he actually didn't have much time left before he was planning to get out. Um, So he came, yeah, he got back and then I think he got out about six months later. But I would say there wasn't too much transition in the sense of, I'm grateful he came home the way he came home, um, healthy and whole. But there was still a lot of that, I just didn't know what went on. I didn't know what he saw. I didn't know. He's just never shared that with me, and I'm fine with that. But um, I I guess is that what you're asking about? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was just kind of letting him have his space often, letting him. They had a lot of downtime when they came back. You know, they weren't right back to training or things like that. And then a lot of it turned into his classes kind of for getting out. So it was just a lot more relaxed i guess (laughs) not as you know intense you know training coming up to things and whatnot it was just kind of more he was home and we just did life i guess so
1: so he gets out you get he's done he's finished with it other than the inactive yeah reserve technical four years or something
2: like that yeah
1: yeah but how so how is that as a family I mean, he, he said he protected you mm-hmm. really from that culture,
2: but right. It was actually interesting because when he got out, then it turned on to kind of me having to, you know, you get out and you're unemployed and you're right. You don't know what you're doing with life, basically. So I ended up going to work full time, and um, basically, while well, he kind of tried to figure out what he wanted to do, so right. he did some schooling and he did the fire academy and things like that, but never really. Had a good job or, for, or or anything for a while. It was probably two or three years before he kind of came up came to something that was actually long term for our family. Right. So it was a weird, it was a different stress for me to have of like, oh, I'm the sole provider, and you know, I have to make sure you know my job had health insurance for us and things like that. Just because you get out and you're just kind of left with nothing. <laughs>
1: right. Interesting too, mm-hmm. because like. So I'm what they consider, like, a Cold War veteran. There was, there was you know, a like, Mogadishu, kind of mm-hmm. like, the Black Hawk Down story happens while I was in and, and stuff like that. So But getting out, it was the same thing. I couldn't find a job where I could yeah. wrap my head around, like, civilian thinking and stuff like that. And so that transition, you know, I'm sure is, is similar. Because mm-hmm. you go to these things, it seems like a good
2: job, but then... Yeah, and he just, I think he knew, okay, I have to figure out what I'm doing with life now. Like, he actually started nursing school. He was thinking about that. And then that was like, well, no. It was just like, you can't, you get out and you know all these skills, but they're not real life skills. And, yeah, you could maybe find something that would be like the military kind of training and things like that that civilians can do. But um, it was like he he didn't want to do that anymore. So I know a lot of guys end up doing those kind of jobs. But yeah, it was like, he just had to kind of figure out what he wanted to do. But while he was doing that, I had to be kind of fully yeah, providing for the home and whatnot. Yeah. So it was almost like we flip flopped roles where before, even though I was working full time, it was like, my job was kind of fun. You know, yeah. I was just making fun money basically when he was actually, you know, being the sole provider. And then we kind of had to flip flop roles cause he had to figure out what was next.
0: <laughs> right. Right. So and to go to experience some of the like extreme bookends, yeah. of the world and life mm-hmm. and humanity, right? Um, and then to come back and be able to try to ask, okay, what's my purpose now? Yeah, like what does this look like? Because mm-hmm. um, maybe pushing buttons all day long after I've <laughs> right gone and done yeah. all these tremendous things mm-hmm. isn't going to really fill me in the way that right. it maybe can. Well, he had even before. talked
2: about that when he was in there's so much kind of downtime where they're training and things like that. But he's like, I wish we would have done more, like build a school or, or, you know, done more. What is that called? Um, what kind of work would that be Like called? the humanitarian? Yeah. Approach, like instance, he's or? like, there's so, there are all these strong, you know, willing, able men and women. And there's months where we're training, but he's like, we could be doing so much more. And I don't know if that's just not something that the military would have them do, but you just think, yeah, you have all these guys and, and girls that probably would, it would fill them in a different way, yeah. you know,
1: yeah, by absolutely. being able
2: to to maybe do something in, I mean, in America or overseas that would be more um, positive, I guess, because yeah. it's not always looked at as positive what they're doing, so.
0: Yeah. In what ways do you think that you guys transitioned well into these next couple? Because now he's in, he's done schooling and academy for mm-hmm.
2: He did the fire department and he just completed the police department or the police academy. Um, I would say that he, his heart would be firefighting, but our area does not really have full-time jobs for that. So now he's with the sheriff's department. Um, But yeah, it's like, we just, we just went back to what we knew. We were around family. We were, got back in our church. um, Things like that, that were just comfortable for us and where we felt safe. Where I think some people would maybe draw away from Stuff like that, you know, they
0: would just and I do remember that. I know mm-hmm. from the very beginning, with you guys first starting to attend Freedom Center, you guys would sign up for couples night out stuff. You would yeah. sign up for the groups. You would sign up because you were just very intentional mm-hmm. with groups and getting to know people. Yeah, and I know you're more the the social talk, but you both talk in your yeah, own way. He's, you know what I mean? He's like,
2: very, he's actually very <laughs> social um, when it comes to. The right people. Like right. when he feels safe and comfortable, he will he will definitely um, open up and just be Make himself. The same way. Yeah. yeah. But I think you you kind of you kind of have to do that. You have to just right. put yourself back into environments that you know are safe and you know are welcoming. And um, so obviously, I don't know what you would do if you didn't have a church family. Or well, when we came home, we actually didn't. We went back to the church we had <laughs> gone to. Like when we were in youth group. Right. And it was like, oh no, we can't be here anymore. It was just a different, you know, different feeling. We there wasn't really a young adults group at all. There wasn't really that age there anymore. And so that's that was actually hard to to that's when we started looking for churches and trying to find a place where um we knew we could grow together. Because we did have that major obviously you kinda have that separation in your faith almost too, when you're deployed and when separated for eight nine months whatever it was so we had to be intentional about that making sure we put the effort in to yeah to get back in somewhere
0: what would you tell wives that are getting ready to have their husband leave for deployment
2: um ooh, that's that's a tough question um i would just say almost don't have any expectations (laughs) That be, probably sounds bad. Be flexible. <laughs> be be flexible. Um, I just feel like when we were we were only married about a year before he deployed, um, but it was enough of a time where you know we were comfortable with each other. We obviously we'd been together many years before that, so our families were were huge parts, you know, for us um, to be to be open with and stuff like that. But I feel like I would just say. You just, yeah, be flexible and don't have expectations. Like, just be ready for whatever comes. Because, I mean, we were not even maybe four weeks in. And, you know, we got our first call that, you know, guys had been killed. And it was like, this is real. Right. This is yeah. real. And so it became that feeling of you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think because I lived off base and I wasn't around all that all the time, like I said, it kind of kept me safe from a lot of the talk and just things like that from maybe being around other wives more often. But yeah, you just, you just, you literally have no control of what's going on. So you just have to be open to whatever comes, I guess.
1: It's way easier to do the job and it's way easier. I would imagine to be deployed if there's not constant, you know, questioning and worry. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, I, know I can't, I can't imagine what she'd go through on the day to day if she like was so invested and on, like in our case, Flint police operations blowing up her Facebook page all day, right? you know, worry about all these calls, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's gotta be much the same
2: mm-hmm.
1: for mm-hmm. these guys that are deployed that be.
2: There was lots of like Facebook groups and right. different, you know, chat groups of sp- for specifically like our battalion and things like that deployed. And it was. It almost just seemed worthless to be a part of them because you do just there would be, you know, oh, I heard, you know, my husband's team is going to this location. And I saw on the news that that's the location where it's like, why? We don't need to have our minds in that all the time. And so it it was almost like disconnecting was was healthier than having all these, you know, ins and trying to figure out. I remember his parents, you know, we saw on the news that this and that. And it was like, no, 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 we don't. It's okay. We don't need to know. We'll know when we hear from them. We'll know when right. we hear from their, you know, their chain of command. Um, it just made more sense than than trying to, like, figure it out ourselves. Like, we needed to yeah. <laughs> be sure. the ones involved. Yeah.
0: What do you think you needed in that time? What could have been there for you better? Or what could have you done better for yourself?
2: Um, I was actually very blessed because his brother moved out and lived with me. So that's kind of funny, but he moved out and lived with me for those months. It was kind of like his parents being, you need someone out here. So they sent him (laughs) out here. He lived with me, which was kind of a fun piece of home, you know, which was, um, which was nice. And then I ended up having a really close girlfriend move in with us too. So we kind of had this like awkward little college roommate life going on. <laughs> while my husband was deployed. But it was just a really awesome time because I can't imagine having been fully alone, off base, even though I probably didn't want to be on base. But it was just like, having them there with me was wonderful. So we kind of had this little family that that's we cool. that we had that's, going on. That's pretty yeah. incredible. That's Yeah. Awesome. Um, so those months were kind of fun and crazy. Same thing. Like just we just did things and saw things and um, it was almost like I was on vacation for two years while we lived out there, you know, living in Southern California was, was beautiful. But, um, I think I probably could have maybe connected more with other people and in, in a good way. Um, but I, I did kind of stay, stay back from a lot of it just cause it was kind of what I wanted, but I probably could have made some, some other relationships, um, over that time. There was two girlfriends that I'm still pretty close with now that we, we, um, keep up with, but. Other than that, you know, you kind of just, everybody goes their separate ways after a while. Yeah.
0: Do you ever feel disconnected from people just because their experiences, like other couples or other friends, just because they don't have that same scope of understanding?
2: Yeah, there's times when we've talked about how we feel like it was a second life almost, or another life, you know, um, just because it was so specific what was going on and what we were going through and things like that. But at the same time, I don't want that to be something that um, separates us so much from making relationships or things like that with, with other couples. So we just kind of joke about it, I guess. <laughs> like, remember when? It's like it really wasn't that long ago, but it sometimes feels like it was ages ago. Right. So. All
1: right. Well, I would just say that, like, what a blessing you are to him. You know, it's it's a big deal. Like, for me, it's a big deal that my wife doesn't ask questions. Mm-hmm. Kind of a funny story one time. Um, Sarah Kern, had, before she was Sarah Kern, she had come on a ride-along. And so she was super interested. So the weeks and months after, before she became an EMT, she was always asking questions. So I told her, like the shift, so it was Sunday morning, so on the Saturday shift, some dude had pulled a pistol out on me, and I was explaining that to her. That it ended up being no big deal, mm-hmm. just an old scared guy. Well, then she goes and tells my wife. She's like, did you know that some guy pull the pistol on him and Carrie was like who him him <laughs> and and so I was like oh my word so
2: now I have to explain all of it. but
1: she was like yeah it happens and yeah. kind of that's her whole the whole time she's just if it's things that are really bad she doesn't really I don't know that she doesn't want to know but it's the same thing yeah. she gives me that little compartment to put stuff in And doesn't really, and I think there's
0: trust trust there. Yeah. Right. And I think.
1: It's a big, big deal for the health of who's ever the one doing the service. It it really is. And also, too, a lot of people don't know this or don't think about this, but there is definitely a thing called vicarious post traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. And that's for the wives who are constantly, you know, on those those groups Mm -hmm. and constantly digging. Of this team, this group's in this part, and they're in Kabul or whatever, and this just happened. And that's just unwarranted, unneeded
2: Yeah, it's stress. definitely unneeded.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a big enough deal, right? It's a big enough deal that I go out four days a week and work in the city in and of itself. So there's to put that kind of stress when she's got her own stuff to do, we got these the kids and all that stuff, you know. So for you to be kind of that way and be able to let him have that, that's a huge, huge thing.
2: Yeah, I definitely kind of. I guess thank God that that's just my personality too, because right. I know I'm, I'm not like a worrisome person in general. So to have a spouse that is in this line of work, you know, from the beginning till you know to now, right. um, yeah, I'm grateful that that's just kind of how I am. <laughs> Even
0: awesome. though, like I said, I do want to know. It's okay that yeah I don't. God's put you mm-hmm. d- together for a purpose yeah. reason, and a reason, you know. And I think that's part of it too. Just trusting that God has you in the place that He wants you in, and you guys being obedient to being in the place that He wants you. And in. I
2: know He has His people that He feels comfortable with, you know, talking to and things like that. Um, so that's like the yeah, what what's safe for Him, you know, what's yeah. good for Him.
0: Well, we really appreciate it. Yeah, this is in. it's a big deal because that's um a lot of our heart with. The Lighthouse experiment is just to provide a safe environment, safe community
2: yeah.
0: for first responders and veterans and their families, you know, to, mm-hmm. to have something other than I'm going to do this alone or the bar on Friday night or getting, mm-hmm. you know, whatever after shift and stuff. So,
2: this- And I mean, it's hard, too, because I think the resources that are there um, aren't really there when it comes to Veterans Affairs and things like that. Um, well, and in my opinion, anytime mm-hmm.
0: you have a resource and it's apart from Christ, mm-hmm. there's only going to be so much that, that they cannot, you can right. mm-hmm. feed the soul with, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, the things that veterans and first responders see are outside of the scope of a lot of those just basic needs and mm-hmm. things. And there's a lot of heart and mindset and right. purpose questions, you know, that we have to face. And yeah. and those things only come from God. So.
1: All right. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Again, you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram, and keep listening to—I don't know if we call it that yet—but the Freedom Center Church Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you also get Sunday
0: service mm-hmm. and morning after. Good morning after. I like didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Freedom Center, for letting us use Absolutely. your your room and space and resources to record and everything. We're super appreciative. So. All right. And we're out. We'll see you next time.